means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Yehayas Wuhib sitting in for Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 20th edition of The Sunny Side of Sports. Sunny right now is in Kigali, Rwanda with our colleague Ed Ruima getting ready for the Basketball Africa League playoffs. Here's a look ahead from the weekly BAL podcast with Sunny, Eddie, Hoops Hamza and Mokbilia Barrow. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie before we go too far, can you can you talk about the inf- the influence of the NBA uh in this BAL uh, uh, league? Uh, uh, for instance, uh, there are three former NBA players, uh, James Artis uh, of Cape Town Tigers, uh, who last played for Orlando Magic, Ike Diogu of Zamalek, he last played for San Antonio Spurs, and DJ Strawberry of Zamalek also, who played for the Phoenix Suns. So these are, you know, former NBA players. They're in this playoff. You know, it's uh, it, it, you know, it's a big showcase uh, tournament. Uh, what is that influence? of NBA uh, bringing into the, the, the BL uh, playoff championship? Uh, I think uh, it's a very big influence uh, given the fact that uh, uh, these people have played uh, in one of the most uh, uh, strongest tournaments ever in the world when it comes to, to the game of basketball. But at the same time, it also appeals and uh, it, it's uh, somehow... Uh, give that positive energy to young African players, you know. They have some people to look forward to. They want to play like them. They want to get to the level where where, where, where they played. And uh, not only the players, but we also know that, uh, for example, the coach of uh, uh, Ray Guada, uh, John Park, he, he played for two teams in the NBA. He's right now coaching uh, uh, Ray. And when you speak to the players, they say there's so much. There's so much intellect. There's so much experience that they get from these uh, uh, these players, and uh, the other thing is that it inspires the crowd as well to come see these people who have made it at the uh, at the top level uh, playing. No, I, I definitely agree with you, Eddie. I think to me one of the more interesting things in the story storylines is also players that have maybe played in other places maybe necessarily not have made it to that NBA level and they may have wanted to go to that level um, but now have almost like a second wind and they're able to play on these teams up against players who have played on that level. Um, good example is A.S. Sally's Terry Stoglin, who is the leading scorer of the uh, BAL 2022, the second season. He is averaging 33.2 points per game. Um, the man who wears number 41 also set a single new game BAL scoring record of 41 points in a 96-90 to 90 lo- uh, 96 to 90 loss against U.S. Monastir during the Sahara Conference group phase. He also just broke his own record of 40 points that he set in the 2021 BAL group phase. So you got a guy like Stoglin who is really, really going for blood, if we really look at it, right? <laughs> right? Because, like, the man, like, he, he has a very, very... He's a very offensive-minded player. <laughs> he's willing to take... <laughs> no shot is too big for him, you know? Um, but he fits very well within that A.S. Sally uh, team. You know, that's, mm. that's what they need I, from I, him. I, I, and what is exciting is that uh, this player is coached by uh, a woman coach. <laughs> 
Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, Eddie, that, that was my say, uh, segue into the next, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking points. Uh, we, we're talking about players, but we should also talk about, you know, coaches. Uh, coaches. Absolutely. Um, you know, as you said, uh, ASL uh, head coach Liz Mills, uh, she's from from Australia. She was she became the first woman uh, to coach BAL team. Uh, during the Sahara Conference, mm-hmm. uh, and now she's in the final in the finals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a different kind of influence. Um, you know that uh, you know young women will be uh, watching her, and knowing that not only they can play the game, but they can also lead teams uh, to success. Uh, as as we speak, there are so many young uh, African uh, women who are playing the WNBA. Uh, here in the in the United States, so this also gives uh, a, a window for young African women into in what could could happen, what could, what they could do in the field of basketball if they so wish it, uh, to do so. Uh, let's talk about the quality of uh, play that we expect in this playoff tournament. Of course, we know all these two uh, uh, eight teams; uh, they did well in their conferences. Now they are meeting for the uh, for the playoffs. Uh, it's uh, you know win or go home. <laughs> uh, Zamale. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another that's another great point. Uh, who comes up that that the stakes are, are as high as they've ever been during the first two phases in uh, Senegal and Egypt. Each team played five games. This time around, they really they got to perform. They get one shot. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're not ready, yeah. they go home. Yeah, and the other interesting uh-huh. factor, uh, Hamza, is that uh, one of the talking town is that uh, uh, it's gonna be good to see U.S. Monastir and Zamalek canceling each other out when they both get it to the semifinals. So uh, <laughs> you won't be able to see. <laughs> the two African giants meeting in the finals. So that's also opening a, another window for these other clubs like uh, Reg of Rwanda, Petro de Rwanda to be able to probably get into the finals. Right. Now, now imagine, yeah. Mokbil, mm-hmm. the championship game yeah. is between Zamalek yeah. and Reg of Rwanda. How, Man, <laughs> what would happen I'm, in Kigali? I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> It would be so exciting that I don't even think we'd be able to get any any play-by-plays from anybody. We wouldn't be able to hear anything. <laughs> you know, the, the entire arena would be going crazy. But to me, the most interesting thing is the fact that this is a knockout phase, right? All To me, I feel as though the teams that are playing with higher pressure are the teams that people expect to win, right? So if you're somebody that's coming in, maybe like a slack that's going up against Zamalek, knowing that you really just have to give it your all for one game, and Zamalek has all that pressure because they are the defending champs, they've yet to lose this game. If they don't play a near-perfect game, they really could slip. So I'm very interested in watching all of the games, but more so the games where certain teams may be overlooked. So Rwanda Energy Group, Reg, has to be very careful of FAP because FAP really has nothing to lose. So they're going to come out gunning. And I think Zamalek has to be very careful about Slack as well. The other teams might be a little bit more closely matched, you know, two uh, second seeds going up against third seeds. So, um, yeah, and I, I'm very interested to see, see what's going to happen.
That was Sonny Young and Eddie Ruima in Kigali with Mokbilia Baro and Hoops Hamza in Washington. You can listen to their entire podcast on voaafrica.com. You also can follow the action on Sonny's Twitter and Facebook pages. And VOA will be broadcasting the action right here and online. As you just heard, eight teams will take part in the playoffs of the league from May 22nd to 28th at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. Four teams each qualified for the playoffs from the Sahara and Nile conferences. Yesterday, we meant to bring you an update from a top official of Petro de Lunda Basketball Club of Angola, but we had a technical glitch, so we are bringing the report to you again today and our Apologies for the mistake. Herman Gildu Mbunga is the general manager of Petro di Lunda. He spoke to reporter Iron Mike Mbonye about the team's preparations. He says Petro de Lunda is in good form to ensure a fine showing. Uh, we we prepared. We we did we did a good. We had a, a good season. We just finished a week ago the Angola League, so we in game shape. Uh, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. How will you uh, look at the games of your team at the Nile Conference? That is the games played by Petro de Luanda at the Nile Conference that qualified. What's your assessment of the games there? Overall, was good. We we fulfilled one of the main object. The main objective was to qualify for the final eight, and we we accomplished that. We with the record of four and one, we only one loss against Amalek. Uh, we average around 85 points a game, and we gave up 64 a game. So, overall, the team is good. We think we can get, we can get better, we can improve, and uh, hopefully, we're gonna improve this weekend. Talking about the Basketball Africa League playoffs, defending champion Zamalek of Egypt is there. You also have yeah. the Cape Town Tigers from South Africa. They are there. And the U.S. Monastery of Tunisia and A.S. Sportive of Morocco. Are you scared? Is your team scared with these big names going to the playoffs? Uh, first of all, we're a big team too. <laughs> and it's, second, we're not scared. We respect all of the teams. We respect them because they they not here, they here because they deserve and they work hard as as we as we as we as we did Petro. We respect them a lot. I think it's gonna be. A great competition, and we're looking forward to compete against some of the best teams in Africa. We 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 relish this. Okay, talking about the introduction of the Basketball Africa League, what's your take on the league? This is the second edition, or this is the second season of the Basketball Africa League. What's your assessment of the league so far? Uh, it's it's getting better. The competition is getting better. There's more teams coming. There's more players interested in playing the BAL. So. I think I think we have a lot of room to improve. I think it's going to be a big thing in the coming in the next in a, in a couple of years. And now we have the LFA programs that we have kids from the academy that play that play one of the teams. And overall, they've been doing a great job. And I think we have a lot of talent in Africa. So that's going to make us work harder as an organization and try to grow the game. That's the main. That that's that's one of the main reasons that of the establishment of the BAL. So we're here to help and to improve the basketball in Africa. Uh, in the Southern African uh, zone of uh, Africa, that is the southern part of uh, Africa. Apart from your team and Cape yeah. Town Tigers, and then in the past the team from Mozambique. 
it's like the game of basketball yeah. is not that popular in the Southern African region. Yes, it's, it's mainly cultural. If you notice, most of the countries are English-speaking. In English-speaking countries, they're really soccer fans. They like soccer and cricket and rugby and all that stuff. But I think with the addition of Cape Town and a big country like South Africa, it's been great. I've been talk, I talk with the, with the management and they're really excited about bringing the game, grow the game in South Africa. I think in the next few years, with the, with the emergence of Cape Town, Angolan clubs, and then we have the Mozambique clubs. I think we we have we have like we have the potential to to be really good. I think there's something we there's something going on. There's something going on. So we're really excited about it. I think uh, as you saw Cape Town play, we played Cape Town in the Nile Conference. Really good team, feisty. They play hard. They have really good South African players, which which is a surprise. Was a surprise for us. They really have really good South African players, and I think it's a great opportunity for the game, for the expansion of the game, and in, 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 in those countries. That was Herman Gildo Mbunga, the general manager of Petro de Lunda. He spoke to reporter Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Kigali. Now, let's catch up with the National Basketball Association action. Jason Tatum led the way 27 points as the Boston Celtics rolled past the Miami Heat 127-102, tying the Eastern Conference Finals at a game apiece. David Ferry with the Associated Press has more. Marcus Smart was a rebound shy of a triple-double, finishing with 24 points on 8 of 22 shooting and dishing out 12 assists as the Celtics hammered the heat, 127-102. Being the energy guy that I am, you know, um, being the point guard that I am, you know, I take a lot of pressure off our guys um, so they don't have to try to force it as much um, so, they, you know, they could be who they are. And that, that always helps. And tonight, that was the main goal. Smart also was 5 of 12 from downtown as the Celtics drained 20 of their 43-point attempts. Jason Tatum had a team-high 27 points for Boston, which led by 25 at halftime. Heat forward Jimmy Butler followed his 41-point performance in the opener by scoring 29 on Thursday. But the rest of Miami starters added just 31. I'm Dave Ferry. Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Best of 7 Series is Saturday in Boston. And tonight, the Golden State Warriors will attempt to reach an NBA milestone and take the lead in the Western Conference Finals when they host Game 2 against the Dallas Mavericks. With their 112-87 romp over the Mavericks in the Best of 7 opener Wednesday, the Warriors moved within one of becoming just the fifth fifth franchise in NBA history to record 200 postseason wins. I'm VOA's Yehayas Wuhib in Washington, and you're listening to The Sunny Side of Sports. And all our listeners, please note that we have moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There, you will find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. Now let's lace up our shoes and hit the track. Round two of the Diamond League, the premier competition on the athletic circuit, moves to Birmingham in England on Saturday. Already there and bringing us news of Friday's press conference for the sunny side of sports is the energetic Andy Edwards. He interviewed U.S. sprinter Gabriel Thomas ahead of the action. Here's Andy. 
Um, Gabby, you've had a very good start to the season, um, doing well, winning in Doha over 200. <laughs> you've got an Olympic bronze for the 200, but you're running the 100 in Birmingham. Uh, do you see yourself as an all-round sprinter or is the one slightly the, the lesser discipline? <laughs> as of right now, the one is slightly the lesser discipline. I would like for it to be up to par with my 200. Um, I do have a silver medal in the 4x1, which I anchored for the USA. So I think I've proven myself a little bit in terms of competition and just even making that team. Um, but yeah, I'm working on it. So that my, I think the 100 will help my 200, right? So that's the first part of the race. Um, but I also just want to be a strong contender in that event. It's a big season, um, lots going on in terms of global championships. The world championships in Eugene, Oregon, a track town as it's described. Um, can you give us a feel of what, especially for American athletes, that, that signifies to be competing in Eugene? Because quite often track and field in the USA is overlooked yeah. by Americans. Yeah, I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I, I think it's going to be great for just athletics in America to have world championships in Eugene, Oregon. I mean, one, we have Hayward, which is a beautiful stadium. It's new. It's it's fantastic, and the energy is always so exciting for the athletes. Um, so I think we're going to post some really like blazing performances in Marks, and I, I'm really excited for that. Um, and all the athletes who have not competed there yet, they're going to be in for a really great surprise because it's such an amazing place to compete. But furthermore, just having the attention on athletics for a little while in America um, um, it is overlooked, as you said, and I'm excited for people to just kind of be awakened to it and to see how exciting it can be and to have some attention on it. Um, and every four years in America, people love watching the Olympics. So it's great that we can build off that momentum and just bring world championships to the USA. And I think that'll be really great for the sport there. Uh, and just lastly, I have to admit, I was less aware of your scholastic stardom, shall we say, um, uh, <laughs> knowing full well what you'd achieved on the track. Now, you're a Harvard graduate, uh, an epidemiologist, I think with the coronavirus and the <laughs> lockdown that's a specialty what is your career going to be combining scholarly work with track yeah so i went to harvard and i wanted to do research my my major was neurobiology and when i graduated i wanted to kind of make a difference in the world and focus on health inequities and health disparities um, because it was something that i was seeing so frequently in the u.s so i wanted to study public health and i landed on epidemiology because i think it's really important for me someone who looks like me as a black woman in the u.s to have that foundation and to bring that into epidemiological studies um, so i'm excited about it going forward and when i when i finish and retire with track which is kind of a long ways down the road now um, i would like to go into uh, healthcare administration or hospital administration and just kind of make a difference in that world. Well, all the best for the track and later on in your medical career. Thanks very much, Gabby. Thank you. That was the energetic Andy Edwards in Birmingham, England, covering round two of the Diamond League Athletic Circuit. We'll hear more from Andy next week. I'm VOA's Yeheyes Wuhib in Washington, and you are listening to The Sunny Side of Sports. Now let's get the latest in sports news in Africa from Samson Omale. We begin the wrap of Africa's sport, previewing the weekend sport action with the CAF Confederations Cup final, where Morocco's RS Bakane and South Africa's Orlando Pirates will meet to decide the champions of Africa's second-tier club competition. The showdown between the CAF Confederations Traditions Cup finalist will be played at the Godswilak Pabio Stadium in the Akwaibom State capital in Nigeria. R.S. Bakane, coached by celebrated Congolese tactician Florent Ibenge, are playing in their third Confederations Cup final. They lost the final in 2018-2019 season when they were beaten 5-3 on penalties by Zamalek after a 1-1 aggregate draw. For Pirates, this is their second appearance in the final, their first since 2015 when they lost 2-1 on aggregate 
aggregate to a 12 Sahel of Tunisia. Pirates first team coach Fadlou Davids and goalkeeper Richard Ofori both said finishing as runners up in this season's CAF Confederations Cup will not be good enough for the club. Credit to the players to be able to to make history for the club once again to get to this final, uh, announce about the final step, getting them mentally prepared. It's, it's more mental game than uh, a physical, tactical, uh, technical, um, and how we are able to to control our emotions in this final uh, will help us uh, a big amount in relation to us lifting the trophy. No one remembers um, finalists. Whether you you make it to the final, no one remember. The only thing people remember is to the people that they, they they made history, which is they win the trophy. So we know we we all know about that, and then uh, as players we always talk about it. Away from the CAF Confederations Cup to the 2022 Wafu B Under 20 Championships in Yami, where Nigeria will clash with Benin Republic in the finals at the Sieni Koche Stadium. Both teams have qualified to represent Wafu at the Under 20 African Cup of Nations Egypt 2023 as a result of their qualification for the finals. And now to Djibouti, where the FIFA Football. For schools program was launched this week developed in collaboration with unesco the initiative seeks to contribute to the education development and empowerment of nearly 700 million children worldwide held in the relaxed atmosphere the three-day event comprised classroom-based theory models and practical sessions out on the pitch it also strives to make football more accessible to boys and girls around the globe by making football an integral part of the school system FIFA Football for Schools consultant Antonio Bernano Sanchez was impressed with the sessions as Djibouti becomes the second African country to benefit from FIFA Foundation's Football for Schools initiative. We've had uh, 52, I believe, teachers uh, over the two days and um, they've been very, uh, very engaged, very interested, asking a lot of questions. Uh, This morning in particular, we had a session where where they led the conversation and um, and it went on for quite a while, which is a good sign. They understand the concept of what we're trying to do here. And um, as experienced PE teachers themselves, I think they can uh, they can really use the, the material that we are that we are uh, providing with this program, both the the mobile app and also the footballs for their for their schools. Elsewhere, Gabon captain and Barcelona striker Pierre Emerick Aubameyang has retired from international football a fortnight before the 2023 African Cup of Nations qualifying campaign begins. The 32-year-old made a total of 72 appearances for the Panthers and scored 30 goals, making him the nation's all-time leading scorer. The Gabon Football Federation said it had received a letter from Aubameyang announcing his decision to quit international football. Staying with football news, Ghanaian football has been struck by a match-fixing scandal with top-flight clubs Ashanti Goals and Inter Alliance hit with demotion to the third tier and players and officials of both clubs heavily sanctioned. A fixture between the two sides in September ended 7-0 in favor of Ashanti Gold with Hashim Musa scoring two own goals as he apparently tried to prevent a pre-arranged 5-1 scoreline. The game was investigated by the Ghana Football Association who have found both teams guilty of match manipulation. Ghana Football Association General Secretary Prosper Harrison Addo is asking for more cooperation from the public to stop the ugly trend. The participants in football have a duty to report any information that come they come across 
on match manipulation, uh, betting and things like that. So what you expect is our members of the football family, when they have information, would uh, contact the association and then make this information available for further investigation. Uh, because the protection of the game, the protection of the integrity of the game is paramount. If you are in football, that's your core, your core responsibility and so you expect anybody with information to come forward so that together we can protect the game. The French Football Federation have written to Paris Saint-Germain midfielder and Senegalese international Idrissa Agui in the bid to clarify his reported refusal to wear a shirt with his number in rainbow colors. It was reported by French media earlier this week that Guy, a devout Muslim, missed his side's 4-0 win against Montpellier on Saturday because he didn't want to wear the special shirts in an expression of solidarity to mark the International Day Against Homophobia, Biophobia and transphobia on Tuesday, May 17th. And now to basketball news. The crisis rocking Nigerian basketball got worse on Thursday as no fewer than 15 national men basketball players have sent a jointly signed petition to the Secretariat of the Nigerian Basketball Federation, notifying the Federation that they have withdrawn from participating in any future national team competitions. The players expressed their extreme dissatisfaction with the incumbent NBBF president, Musa Kidas saying that the ineptitude exhibited by Kida has led to declining their morale and commitment to play for Nigeria. The Nigerian government a few weeks ago announced the withdrawal of the country's national team from all international competitions in the next two years as a result of the leadership crisis that has plagued the Basketball Federation. Nigerian Minister of Youth and Sports explained how the decision was reached. The decision of the federal government uh, did not, is not a knee-jerk decision. It was based on the reality and the fact of the situation. Twice we invited FIBA to come and step in. FIBA did not come. FIBA insisted we must conduct the elections. Well, if we thought the conduct of the elections alone will end the crisis, it never did because we ended up with two uh, factions. Staying with basketball news, Kenya wheelchair basketball 3x3 national team have a chance of making it into the medal bracket at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. The team has been training at the Nyayo National Sports Stadium ahead of making their debut in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham City from July 29th to August the 2nd. Alfred Siminyo is the president of the Kenyan Wheelchair Basketball Association. Our technical personnel are on ground. And that the one who will have to decide who has uh, displayed a good game, also with uh, good ball work. So there are things that they are looking into for the best player to be selected. Staying with preparations ahead of the Commonwealth Games, 28 home-based netball players have been called up by Uganda national netball team coach Fred Mugrewa. The She Cranes will begin their non-residential training sessions on Sunday. A total of 15 girls are expected to make the cut for the residential training after the first phase of training. Professional shooter Pease Proskovia retains her captaincy role and she will be assisted by defender Juan Napungu. Fred Mugrawa is the head coach of the She Cranes. We shall be having this non-residential training for one month and then the last two weeks or three weeks, that will be in June, that's when we shall enter residential training. And I think we shall have got a, player, uh, a proper ground which has a similar playing ground like the one we are going to use in Birmingham. 
the Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. It is game on March 5th, 2022. 38 games, 12 teams living it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. And that wraps up the May 20th edition of the show. Don't forget to check out the new webpage, voaafrica.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Yehayas Wuhib in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station. 